from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Happy Mother's Day and welcome to Kennedy Classics. I invite you to download our ministry smartphone app. You can watch all of our programs as well as access daily devotionals, Bible versions, and evangelism training materials. Just go to the App Store for your mobile device and search for D. James Kennedy Ministries. What things are most highly valued today in our culture? This is a challenging question in some respects, but there aren't certain cues we can look to that tend to suggest how highly we value something. Take, for example, our mode of dress. In most cases, people will dress in their very best clothes to attend an event that they highly value. When I took my darling daughter to the ballet, those in attendance dressed in a manner expressive of how much they valued that experience. The manner of dress observed at weddings, graduations, funerals, and worship services generally reflect this as well. But what about how the culture values motherhood? Historically held in the highest esteem, in our day, many cultural cues and in fact many influential voices seem to diminish the importance and value of mothers. Well, as Dr. Kennedy reminds us, the secular culture generally gets a great many things wrong. Nowhere is that more true than in its impoverished view of the value of motherhood. Here is Dr. D. James Kennedy in his message, Mother's Rule. And now may we turn in the Word of God to the book of Exodus, chapter 2. We'll begin our reading with the first verse. May we hear the inspired, the infallible Word of the living God. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? 
And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. And may God speak to us today through his holy word, and may his name ever be praised. Amen. Mothers rule. That's the title of my message today. It's also stated and has been known for many, many decades by the brief poem, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle Rules the World. Or maybe you're more familiar with the revised substandard version of it, uh, written, no doubt, by Betty Friedan or some of her ilk, that said a quarter of a century or so ago, the hand that rocks the cradle must be really untalented if that's all that she can do. Because after all, we know that it is out in the world, she said, where the action is. And so you want to get out of the home. And if you are unfortunate enough to have a child, dump the child on the state child care as soon as possible and get out where the action is. The hand that rocks the cradle certainly isn't very talented. Well, they did a marvelous job of convincing tens of millions of people of that. May I point out to you that that is extraordinarily unnatural. Never before in the history of the world, from pole to pole, has any people ever minimized motherhood before America. And we have been deceived by that lie. It is certainly not the truth. My thesis today is that the hand that rocks the cradle does rule the world. To wit, the story that we just read about the mother of Moses. She made an ark of bulrushes and put him on the side of the river Nile, knowing that that's where the daughter of Pharaoh went to wash. You know the rest of the story? She saw the ark. She found the baby, noticed it was one of the children of Israel, and took it to be her own. And Moses' sister, whom he had not known yet, went and talked to her and said, Would you like for me to call an Israelite woman to nurse this child for her? And she did, and she went and found Moses' mother. And the Pharaoh's daughter paid her 
to take care of the child. Here they were going to kill it. Moses' mother planned and carried out her plan to keep the child alive and even got paid in the process. George Washington. Does that have anything to do with uh, ruling the world? George Washington, an extraordinarily wise man, the founder, father of this country. By the way, General Wellington in England, who was his opponent, and I think this is a first and only that I know of in history, that the opposing general said of Washington when the war was over and England had lost, that George Washington, his character, was one of the seven wonders of the world. Anybody remember the Second World War? I don't think that's the way we referred to Adolf Hitler. Right in the Fuhrer's face, we said. But George Washington said, quote, it would be impossible to rule the world without God and the Ten Commandments. And who gave us the Ten Commandments? Thirty. 500 years ago, it was the son of Moses' mother. And who could possibly imagine the influence that that has had upon the civilized world since that time? Mothers have made an extraordinary difference in this world. John Quincy Adams, President of the United States, probably the most brilliant president that we ever said, ever had, said, quote, all that I am, my mother made me. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul said of Timothy, who was without a doubt the most exemplary of all of the second generation Christians found in the Bible. And he said that Timothy just naturally cared for others. All others, he said, seek their own, but Timothy just naturally cares for others. Where was it that he got this? Paul mentioned that his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice were the ones that taught him and made him what he was. 300 years after Timothy, there was a godly Christian mother by the name of Monica, and she had a young boy who was indeed a derelict. He was a rebel. He lived a godless life. But Monica continued to pray for Aurelius, and her prayers battered the portals of paradise and finally won out. And God reached down into a garden in Milan and changed the heart of her delinquent son. His second name was Augustine. And he was the most influential writer and thinker of the first 1,500 years of the Christian era from Paul to Luther. Augustine ruled the Christian church by his brilliant writings. But it was his mother Monica that rocked the cradle and never stopped praying that made him what he was. And interestingly, this rebel, this delinquent child is never hardly ever mentioned without the prefix St. Augustine. And that 
largely his mother's doing. Susanna Wesley, a familiar name I trust, was a very busy mother. You think you're busy? She had, she had 17 children. So she was a busy lady. Her home was exceedingly crowded. She didn't have any place to go, no prayer closet. So she would sit in a chair and she'd take her big apron and throw it over her head. She prayed for those children. Years later, both John Wesley and Charles Wesley were converted to Christ and brought about the Wesleyan revival in Great Britain, which had an amazing impact on the whole nation. In fact, historians say that if it had not been for the Wesleyan revival, England would have most certainly gone through the same kind of revolution that was taking place at that very time in France. The ungodly, atheistic, bloody French Revolution. Yes, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. But then there came this unnatural phenomenon called the feminist movement, which was simply a complete rebellion against the Word of God. And said, you've got to get out of the home and into the world because that's where the action is. A syndicated columnist by the name of Joan Beck, many of you may have read her, she says this, quote, the most compelling reason why so many fast-track women drop out or slow down is that their priorities change. They discover, usually to their surprise, that it's more satisfying and important to do a personal job of mothering a small child than make a 2% gain in the year-over-year -year sales of the packaging division of Widget Incorporated. Small children love you back. Computer printouts don't. In the 1950s, less than 14% of children under the age of six, the mothers of them at least, worked outside the home. In 1984, it was 52%. Today, I don't have the figure, but I would imagine it's more like 70%. And in the New Testament, we read about a very different picture. We read that those women who are more mature and older in the faith are to teach young women something. I wonder how many people could even tell us what it is that more mature Christian women are to teach younger Christian women. I doubt that 5% of you could answer that question, so let me answer it for you. The older, more mature Christian women are to teach the younger Christian women to be keepers at home. <gasps> Shocking. Children need their mothers. They need the emotional care, the comfort, the support that only mothers can give. When you dump them in daycare, what happens is the state conveys its values, and they are secular and ungodly. Hitler knew that. 
And he said to some adults, I don't care that you don't like me or disbelieve in what I'm doing. I have your children. They had to go to his schools. And he knew that when he got through with them, they'd be confirmed Nazis. And fortunately, he didn't, fortunately, I say, he didn't live long enough to do that. The Census Bureau points out that children living with only one parent are much more likely to be living in poverty. The Rockford Institute points out that the higher suicide rates are found among families with unmarried or divorced parents. Childhood delinquency and crime is much higher in such situations. Indeed, in 1947, historian Carl Zimmerman of Harvard, after examining the eight most significant factors found in Greece and Rome immediately prior to their dissolution, said that they focused on the breakdown of the family. How to break down America? Just ignore your children, especially those under six years of age. So I would urge the mothers of small children to learn to be stayers at home. Pray for your children. And we're told by psychologists that one of the most important things that you can do for your child, this will be another surprise to many of you, one of the most important things that you can do for your child, mom, is love your husband. Psychologists have found that the most prevalent fear of children is that their parents are going to break up and get divorced. Oh, you wouldn't know it to look at them or talk to them about it, but psychologists have told us that's the focus, the locus of their concerns and fears that they're going to break up. What a thing that is. <clears throat> I remember as a young child hearing my parents argue and wondering if they were going to break up and if I was going to have to choose the one or the other, and that filled me with dread. Mothers, love your husband, and you will provide a stable family for your children to grow up in. I remember, by the way, tell your children. I remember when Jennifer was just a child. I don't remember exactly how old, but I would guess it may be something like 10 or 12. I told her, Jennifer, I want to promise you something. I know you hear about a lot of children whose parents have been divorced, but I want to promise you something. Your mother and I will never get a divorce. I mean, we have had our arguments. I mean, no woman is perfect. <laughs> I thought I ought to break the tension there for a moment. 
But I told her we would never get a divorce. I promised her that. And if your children haven't had that promise, you'll contribute mightily to their psychological stability by telling them. Theodore Roosevelt, President of the United States, said, quote, mothers are the most precious asset of any nation. She is more important by far than the successful statesman or businessman or artist or scientist. Would it be more important to be the Secretary of State or be a successful mother of little children? I'm talking about mothers of little children six and under. According to Theodore Roosevelt, it is more important to be a successful mother than any kind of statesman at all. (laughs) What did he know? He never read Betty for Dad. But he may have had a wisdom that is almost unknown. Truly, truly, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. May we pray. Heavenly Father, before thou didst create the state, or even the church, O God, thou didst create the family, and thou didst create mothers. We pray, O Lord, that we may have the wisdom to see that the assaults and the attacks upon the family and motherhood are lies and deceits, the lies of the devil, and we may flee from the so-called wisdom of the world that inevitably turns out to be disastrous and that we might place our trust in thy word and in thy son and live our lives accordingly. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Hello. I'm Rob Pacienza, senior pastor of Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. God bless you if you are a godly mother, raising your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Perhaps you're watching this program today and you want to be a godly mother, but you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Well, you can. This Mother's Day, you can receive the greatest gift ever given from the greatest person who ever lived. It's the gift of eternal life that only Jesus Christ can give. I urge you to turn your life over to him today. You see, we're all sinners and we can't buy our way into heaven by trying to be good enough because God's standard is perfection. Only Jesus Christ lived the perfect life and could therefore pay for our sins with his death on the cross. And he offers us life to the full now and forever in heaven someday. If you would like to receive this gift, we can go to God together in prayer right now. Simply pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Please cleanse me and make me brand new. Give me new and right desires that I might follow you from this day forward. Thank you for the free gift of eternal life. In your name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, let me be the first to welcome you to the family of God. To help you better understand the decision you have made today, we want to send you Dr. Kennedy's book, 
beginning again. It will help you grow in your new faith as you read from the Gospel of John and learn how to pray and study God's Word. It's yours when you write to our address or call our toll-free number. Just be sure to ask for Beginning Again, and may God richly bless you. The importance of mothers should be evident to all. Mothers who rear their children in a godly manner are vital to the success of a society. And thanks to the godly mothers of the founders of America, we receive the blessings of liberty that no other modern nation has ever known. Yet the Constitution they gave us, which was based upon the biblical idea of the separation of powers because of the inherent sinfulness of man, is being eroded day by day. But what would America look like if she returned to her constitutional roots? Well, we have a new resource that shows us. It's the brand new book from veteran journalist Robert Knight called A Strong Constitution. What would America look like if we followed the law? In recent decades, the Constitution has been turned on its head. It expressly guarantees us freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and freedom from government intrusion. And yet we see conservative students being punished under draconian speech codes on various college campuses, Christian bakers and photographers and florists being hauled into court for exercising their Christian consciences against same-sex marriage, and the IRS targeting Christian and conservative groups because of their beliefs. It simply must stop. Our hard-won freedoms are at stake here. In the book, A Strong Constitution, Robert Knight shows us how our chief governing document has been twisted almost beyond recognition. And he provides a roadmap for returning us to our constitutional freedoms. We will send you this vital new book as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. And if you are able to give a generous donation of $40 or more, we will send you the book, A Strong Constitution, plus D. James Kennedy's DVD message, the Bible and the Constitution. Nobody was more passionate about proclaiming America's Christian history and how it gave birth to our form of government than Dr. Kennedy. And this classic message was perhaps his clearest, most influential message on that crucial topic. As you donate, you'll also be helping us to train and equip a new generation of leaders who love and understand the Constitution and have the practical tools to make a difference in the halls of power through our D. James Kennedy Center for Christian Leadership. So please contact us right away with a generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-332. 3069 or go online to djkm.org.
I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. Happy Mother's Day, and we'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.